Hello and welcome to Salopcast. Myself, Ollie and Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How you doing? All right, Ollie. Have you had a good week, mate? Yep, no good. Yeah, good. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster week again <laughs> um, in the um, in this season for Salop. Um, so in this podcast, we'll be covering um, the Tuesday night game against Millwall um, and um, the Saturday game against Rochdale. So um, lots for us to get through. It has been an up and down week, Ollie, hasn't it? You're right in terms yeah. of the the results because I think we had a quick chat at the end of the game after Millwall, and I think we were both ready to throw ourselves off a cliff. And then on the way out after uh, a win on Saturday, we were we were quite buoyed and back out of the relegation zone. So yeah, that's football, isn't it? And it's sort of yep. the ups and downs of a season in a microcosm of a week. So it's um it's it's certainly been uh, up and down, hasn't it? As we say. Yeah, no, it certainly has. <laughs> and um, fortunately, the week ended on a positive and a much needed win, which kind of yeah, I guess that um, helps cover um yeah the Millwall game um in terms of a hangover um, mm. and breaks that poor form we're on. But yeah, I guess we should just jump into the Millwall game, um, cover that, and yeah, go into the Dale game. Been easy for Chelsea defensively, has it? From these corners, some big lads. Shrewsbury Town. The usual suspects wait. Oh, and Grandison was up, and it's in! How about that for instant impact? Andy May in the substitute. So the first game of last week, obviously, was uh, not the the most positive of the games last week. Was Shrewsbury Town's unfortunate home loss to Millwall. So yeah, it was Shrewsbury Town one, Millwall two, as you're probably all aware. Um, Sean Wally with our goal, sort of late on, 90th, 90th minute, and um, they'd previously scored on the the 35th and 77th minute, and had pretty much looked to put the game to bed, which was not ideal. But um, yeah, 4,700 there on a, on a Tuesday night, so sort of up keeping with our sort of fan numbers around 5,000, which is. Uh, Going to need to step up at some point soon if, if Brian's to be made happy. Um, yeah, so team selection, Ollie, was a little wider in goal, obviously, and then Riley, Nasala, Sadler and Brown at the back. Um, and then we went with Wally, Morris, Deegan, Rodman in midfield, and then Lapado and Payne up front. And I know it's on the agenda, you put Payne, and then you've put a, a sad smiley face emoticon afterwards, Ollie. So I don't think you were too happy to see him back in the team, but we'll, we'll come back to his week, won't we, later on. But yeah, so... On the face of it, I think most people were just a bit surprised to see Payne back in the starting lineup, weren't they? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting. We obviously have the two halves of Payne's week, mm. um, but yeah, we've struggled to see what he brings to the side. Um, but I thought actually, um, um, and we'll come on to this again later. But I thought he, I don't think he was the worst striker on the pitch um, on, in this game on Tuesday. No, I don't think he was. I think I think Lovado was really poor. Yes, um, but maybe worth us describing the goals for those exiles out there who yeah. still listen from yeah. from far and wide. Um, and then yeah, go into kind of our kind of like view of the game. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I think I, I, yeah. just before you put the Millwall, obviously for anyone that wasn't there, Millwall had been on a really good run, hadn't they? They'd won eight yeah. um, in a row or something like that. No, or, no, sorry, yeah, they 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 had done that well away from home. Sorry, so oh, okay, I that very well. So yeah, so Millwall have only won well, they've won eight games away from home all season, and now they've oh, won right. nine after beating us. I'm not sure how they got on, on the weekend. Um, so yeah, so the, you know they're not the, the greatest form of team no. away from home. Um, they do well at their own den. Which which is not too surprising, okay. considering the atmosphere they have there. So, yeah, we guess we we thought. Well, I don't know. We get into this game, didn't we, with hope more than expectation? I'd Definitely, say. Definitely, yeah. Um, so we didn't start um, the game particularly. We didn't play very well all throughout the game. I thought. No. And yeah, um, I thought in some ways I thought. I was really frustrated when they they scored their first goal, just a free kick from just over the halfway line um, on the left hand side in the left in our in their left back area. Um, ball went into towards the box. Um, 
and then it was like cleared and then their midfielder got well, then their midfielders or I think it was actually their striker Morris got the ball. Yeah. And unfortunately both Toto and Sadler reacted, which was which I think is unlucky rather than poor defending because they just saw a danger and they both wanted to block and stop the danger. Yeah, true. Um so it was a millisecond like you know, maybe a better defender would have known, but I don't know, that's a bit harsh. Really nice flick from Morrison. Um, and then their defender with a really nice finish. So mm. from their perspective, um, you know, obviously a salad mistake, a bit unlucky, but a, a nice finish from the from the defender. Yeah, it was. I think you would like to say maybe it was a bit unlucky in the circumstances of how our defence reacted and the the way that sort of Morrison played that little flick through ball that just killed everybody. And and some some people were obviously talking about that being offside, Ollie. And we can maybe come back to what you thought about that. But um, yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't ideal. Actually, going back, we'll go to the offside now because one of the things I noticed during the game is that their Morrison was a wily old character, wasn't he? He's one of those pros yeah, that's been was. been around for a long time, and he was constantly berating the linesman for um offside decisions and he would go over there and he would have a word in the linesman's ear so I'd said to some of my friends just before they scored their goal that he you know, would sort of point it out that he was doing it and so to me it didn't surprise me that when they got their first sort of offside call that was sort of a 50-50 call and it was the one fortunately led to the goal is that the linesman did not raise his flag and, and you know, I've not seen a replay of the line and we don't, we don't tend to see those anymore do we the way that the cameras are set up at the meadow so it's hard to tell exactly but I think again it just sort of came back to me for the fact that Millwall played it played again a pretty smart game in terms of getting referees and, and linesmen on their side so yep we think we did it a bit better on the Saturday and we'll come to that later on but it was just unfortunate for us the way that all fell really yeah it was I think it was unfortunate uh, a nice finish not much Luke Valley could do for that one Mm. Um, so yeah, so one nil down. But to be fair, I, th- I thought they deserved that win at that point. At that point, it felt like a soft goal as well, didn't it, Ollie? I think that's what most people reacted to to say we just we seem to have just given that away very easily. You know, despite the fact we we'd sort of made a few important blocks and, and stopped Millwall up to that point, it, it just felt like a really soft goal. And again, a set piece. It just made you worry about all those same old questions we've been talking about all season. Yeah, no, it did certainly did. Um, but I guess you know, looking at the table in terms of Millwall, went into that game needing to get into the um, to try. And get a place in the playoffs. Yep. They, they they got that. Um, obviously, they drew with Gilling on the weekend, which they could have done us a favour there by not letting them have a point. Mm. But yeah, it was um, unfortunate um, to concede. And then the second goal. Now, the second goal is a very interesting goal and obviously created a lot of debate. Um, and Hurst had a lot to say about this goal. Um, <laughs> Everybody so, did. <laughs> yeah, everyone did. So I don't know. Um, I've got um, I've got an opinion on this, and I'm. And I'm not sure what your what your view is, Glenn. I I think personally that I think Hurst was using this as a way to deflect pressure from the players. Yeah. Um. I think people. Sh- I think I've seen on Blue and Amber um, that a lot of people were getting quite angsty with Hurst about what he was saying in building up to the Rochdale game. But I think he was just taking the pressure off the players. He saw their confidence was low, and I personally think Luke Weiler was at fault for that goal. Yeah. Um, I think I think the thing I'd, I'd say you've not really talked about what you think of Luke Weiler more about Hurst there yeah. really, but for me. Um, I even said it just after the goal had scored and I don't get many things right <laughs> often watching the football but um, you know you saw Lutweiler come careering out to try and you know, do whatever he was trying to do and, and obviously didn't really get anywhere near the ball or do enough with it and obviously they've just recycled it and then they've just sort of chipped it in with, with the goalkeeper laying pros- prostate on the floor but to me it was pretty obvious that Lutweiler wasn't seriously injured and nor did he no. have a full on head injury because he, at one point he was up on sort of his elbows if, even if you look at the replays yeah, he's I've up on his elbows this. and watching what's happening with the ball now, to me, I'd have hoped he'd have got up off his elbows and rushed back into the goal as quickly as possible because there's a chance he still could have claimed something. Maybe it's took a deflection and falls nicely to him and he can just pick it up. So, wasn't overly impressed with his behaviour there. And then the worst thing for us is we've been talking about doing the dark arts, haven't we, over the last few weeks, Ollie, and playing games and playing referees. And he actually did go down to 
technically hold his head and try and claim they had a head injury and the keeper the referee wasn't having any of it was he he was no. ugly obviously he'd seen what everyone else had maybe seen a lot of fans didn't see that on the day to be honest with you they were um, screaming for, for murder weren't they that we'd been robbed again but to me it was a bit it was a bit poor really and, and I just would have liked to see him get up and get get back really um, having said that he was trying to get us out of trouble I suppose but it just didn't work did it and by that point we were 2-0 down and yeah, it looked like it was all going the wrong way. So that, that was my thoughts on it, really. Yeah, well, m- my opinion of it at the time, and I've watched it back and um, um, was quite pleased with myself. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was kind of felt the same. I didn't, my view hasn't changed. And I watched it back a few times. Um, Luke Fowler actually comes flying out like head first and takes out their player. Mm. So actually, for me, it should actually have been a penalty. Yeah, um, because he comes flying out with his head and like heads the player. Like, there's absolutely no way. Um, okay, yeah, maybe it was a head injury, but it was his own stupid fault for come diving out with his head mm. at the feet of uh, an opposition player. No, I I thought it was just going back to Hurst. I think he was just you know doing the sensible thing and just taking the pressure off. But yeah, I thought we were. Um, I was furious by this point. <laughs> I spoke to you at <laughs> half time. Um, I was well. Obviously, this is this is the second goal we're talking about now in the second half. But after, um, at half time, I was absolutely furious. Um, I thought it was a really, really lackluster performance from Town. Yeah, I think I've not known you be as angry at the Town matches this season uh, as you sort of came across at the, at that game. You were, sort of, <laughs> you were sort of ranting from the from the sort of two rows, three rows back behind me, and we were like, "Oh, Ollie's lost it." But um, yeah, your brother was saying maybe we should do a podcast now, like at <laughs> half time um, at the game because I probably would have gone a bit mad it wouldn't um, be family friendly Ollie but no, uh, you, within your rights to do so because you know we are passionate Shoe Town fans like the other 5,000 people that were there you know well not not the not, not the Millwall fans obviously but um, <laughs> you know the last thing we want to do is see a team give up and they didn't you know or give up give up maybe slightly harsh but certainly the required fight wasn't there in the first half and alright well I think we've probably come to the conclusion that this is not a high quality team Ollie you know from what we've seen this season it, it has the required quality to probably get a few results when they're needed but and, and just enough to keep us up. It's certainly not got the quality to finish, you know, more than sort of five or six points above the relegation zone. But one thing I always kind of thought it had, particularly under Hurst, was the desire to keep going and and battle and fight. And there was a lot of times during that game, wasn't really, where that was sadly missing. And I think that was what was frustrating fans. And probably one of the things maybe that was frustrating you the most, wasn't it, is that we just weren't competitive for large periods of the game. Yeah, we were second best, weren't we? We were weren't mm. winning 50-50s. We weren't winning the second ball. Um, we weren't tracking. Um, we were a bit like almost like a team that would have been relegated. Yeah. And I think the obviously the expectations of the Shrewsbury Town fans have been heightened by our that great run we went on. So we yep. knew that these players could do can perform and can grind out results. The biggest thing that was a worry for me building up to the um, game on Saturday, um, there was a few Twitter conversations and um, there was one with Lewis Cox and Mark Elliott and I said you know, I've been to the last before the before the Rochdale game. Now I've been to seven games in a row now, including the Rochdale game, and I've been to eight out of the last eleven. Um, I missed a couple of the, the Peterborough game. Yeah, but the goals just completely started drying up. So before the Rochdale game, we'd only scored two goals, and one of them was Louis Dodds before the Rochdale game. We only scored one goal, which was Louis Dodds from long range, mm. and also. Um, the freak goal that Wally scores um, in this in this Millwall game, which we'll come to in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, the the goals were drying up, and yeah, the the performances and the effort were were drying up. So now Hurst was saying that the players did run a lot, but it didn't feel like it. And mm. I don't know, I've kind of signaled out three players who I thought were really yeah. poor. Yeah. Um, in that game, so sorry, I'm having a little bit of a rant here, but um, it was. Payne, um, I didn't think had, was great, but I guess in his defence, he did hold a few balls up later on in the game, so he did have a bit of a better performance. And he won a lot of headers. Yeah, he did. Yeah, they yeah. weren't going to anyone. <laughs> that was, and, I'd, and I, I would put the blame of, of because 
you know, he's he's obviously we've had a lot to say about Payne and we've not been impressed with him up to up to the Millwall game and I wasn't impressed with him during the Millwall game like you've just said. But he did, you know, work maybe a little bit harder than he had done in any of the previous performances I'd seen. He won a lot more headers, but they didn't go anywhere. But I squarely put the blame of that on the players who were around him because a few of the times he did put them into nice positions and, and you know, yeah. we could have got running in, but Lapado was just... Christ knows what he was up to. He was running he was around clueless, in all random angles and standing off and standing standing off outside the box. So I know you want to talk about him in a minute, but yeah, I, you know, Payne wasn't great, but um, yeah, I think maybe you're probably a bit less impressed with him in that game than I was because at least he worked a little bit harder, I think, and yeah, I, he I, wasn't as crap as I had seen him. I think I was probably taking a bit of frustration because I, I said on Twitter that he was poor and some guy challenged me and actually, to be fair to him, he probably was right. I was probably a bit over harsh. <laughs> um, he did quite a few flick-ons, um, which Ladipo was just nowhere near. So. I don't know what he was doing there. Um, there yeah. was a few times where there was, um, I watched the highlights back again um, on the today, and I s- a few times he gave the ball away. But when he gave the ball away, he could see he was genuinely really annoyed, and he yeah. started tracking back and trying. No, he did. Um, so at least he had that. So I think it was a bit harsh on Payne on Tuesday, and obviously that's in the context of how he played on Saturday. But yeah. I thought another player that seems to be gets for me gets too much praise. I don't know whether the fans just love the song, but I thought Wally was terrible. Yeah, he was really bad, wasn't he? He was really poor. Really, really poor. Several times he could have passed to town players, yep. and he decided not to. Um, just carried on going on a Macy dribble and going down a cul-de-sac. Yeah, um, decision making's just yeah. Decision making was terrible. Um, and unlike um, Rodman, at least Rodman works hard for the team. Um, I thought Wally had kind of he dropped off a little bit. Mm. In an attacking sense, you you couldn't really say any of the attacking players played particularly well. Um, no. In all seriousness, you know we made some subs later on, and obviously we've got to talk about the fact that. This was the game in which um, Roberts came on and then went back off injured and yeah. looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season, which is a bit of a disaster, really, in some respects, because he'd been one of the shining lights and he going forward up and up until his injury. And he'd had a couple of bad games, but you know he did look a genuine goal threat. Um, so that wasn't ideal. And I know Humphrey came on. He had a little bit of a go, didn't he, like he normally does as a sub, but you know for not long enough to, to make too much of an impression. So you know, there wasn't any of the attacking players you could really say played particularly well. Um, and and you know we'll come on to sort of more general things about the game. I, mean, I think it's probably just worth going over that last goal because you're talking about Wally there, Ollie. And I can't, you know, I can't understand his celebration at the end. It was really weird. Did you see what he did? He sort of did um. No, I didn't. Like a few months back, I think it was, he scored a goal where he popped it in the top corner and he did a celebration like you sort of put your your two hands together like you know a corner sort of shape, as in I've just put that in the top corner. And so obviously when he scored with the goal that he scored against Millwall, he sort of just you know, got a chance right at the end, hammered it a sort of a cross goal on an angle and somehow the keeper just sort of spam, sort of spam handed it in, didn't he? Sort of tried to claw it away and end up pushing it into the, his own net. And and Wally sort of started celebrating with a similar sort of celebration, but it might have been that he was putting his hands together to do like a, a signal for tea this time to say, look, we've got one back now. There might be two minutes injury time here. We've got time to get back in it. But, to be honest with you, it was such a weird goal, and, and it you know wasn't a convincing, <laughs> wasn't a convincing bit of goalkeeping. I wouldn't be celebrating a goal like that, but you know, there enough. He had a shot at the end, and he, and he got his goal for it. But it wasn't it wasn't a classy finish, to be honest with you. No, it wasn't classy at all. Um, and I thought it was it was a I thought it was an own goal, wasn't it? More more of a goalkeeping error. He's been given it though. Has he? Yeah, I've never I've never seen it go down as an OG. Maybe yeah, maybe it was just because it was a goalkeeping error as such. Yes. Um, so he's been given maybe a because of that. But I thought, yeah, I thought that wasn't a kind of goal that um, I would, um, yeah, as you said, be celebrating too much. Just kind of yeah. like, yep, thanks, move on and run back and set back up again. Yeah. So, too little, too late, there wasn't Ollie, obviously, yeah. in that game. And, and, you know, gave us a little bit of hope for, you know, 35 seconds until Millwall got the ball back and then we didn't see yeah. it again. <laughs> so that that was the end of the game. But, yeah, I mean, I mean we've looked at quite a lot of the negative negatives there. I mean, Morris sort of came... Um, 
came into it again, didn't he? Is, is one of the positives coming out of it. He was pretty solid, yeah. wasn't he? And the defence were all reasonable, weren't they? They were they were you know good enough in the work they needed to do because they did have again a lot to do with Millwall attacking maybe a lot more in that game than we did for for a large period. So yeah, you know, some were, credit to the defenders. Yeah, they weren't protected, were they? No, I thought Deegan had let Deegan. Obviously, we we rely on Deegan to be that kind of senior pro in the middle, yeah. but he was quite weakened. Some of the passing he did was atrocious, really bad. Yeah, but I thought that the midfield was really. Um, lacklustre in their performance which yeah, meant that the defence were under a bit of pressure uh, but we were just lacking confidence weren't we the whole team just seemed a bit a bit poor um, so that was that was disappointing yeah and then we had the obviously the opposite problem that we've had for, for a fair few games now during this bad run of when we did sort of scrap and, and create a couple of chances they were just pretty wasteful, weren't they? You know, we missed we missed a couple of reasonable chances, didn't we? And, you know, it's been a couple of days now, and they've seemed to have gone out of my mind. But um, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, again. we created a few chances. Yeah, yeah. There was I was watching it back. There was a few more chances that I couldn't remember. Um, Toto had a chance from a corner. Um, oh, yeah. a couple, there was the time when that fullback cleared the ball over the line and just miraculously got it over. Oh yeah. Um, so there was a <laughs> few. There was a few chances, um, but I would not not so much. I'd say that we we deserved a draw. I think Millwall are good for their win. Mm. Yeah, so that was that. So, so I think we'll probably leave Millwall there because yeah, exactly. in terms in terms of in terms of the uh, podcast, we'll probably want to talk more about the the Rochdale game Positive. because yeah, it was much better and it's got us looking in a better frame of mind. But yeah, we'll just run through your top three and I'll go through mine as well, Ollie. Yeah, I went for for Grimmer first, um, and then I went for um, for Morris, and then I went for Humphreys. Actually, it's interesting. You said you thought that um, he did okay, but I think yeah, he, he impressed right? me out of the strikers. I was surprised that he didn't actually start on Saturday. I think mm. a lot of time fans were listening to Shropshire Radio on the way in. I think there's a lot of people who were surprised he wasn't playing because I thought he did quite well. But I also heard that he was actually sick as well in the week, so maybe that was why he didn't start. Yeah, well, I think going going forward to the game as well, he was. He, I think when he came on um, against Rochdale, he looked he looked good for about five or ten minutes. But actually, if you looked at him, his legs went straight out from under him yeah. in that Rochdale game, and he looked ill. <laughs> it looked like he'd been being sick at some point during the day, so um, he didn't look too good in that game so I think he's had probably a pretty rough week of whatever illness he's had so fair play to him for getting out on the pitch twice and at least trying to help us so you know yep. give him some credit for that um I went for Sadler for man of the match again similar to you we've got you know look at the positives it was mainly the defender Sadler was again solid and you know I was talking to my mum today actually like I normally do Ollie on a Sunday when I go around to see him and um she was we were talking about Sadler actually because um, my mum and dad missed the game on Saturday they were there at the Millwall game though and uh, she was saying it's funny how like I'm often saying good things about Sadler because at the start of the season apparently if you go back and listen to the podcast I was incredibly negative about him but I suppose we both were because of the way he was playing so oh you know again, you were very negative about it <laughs> I, I was. remember I yeah was. You, you were especially about his pace uh, when he was playing fullback yeah. but I guess that's the kind of you know I think one of the things we will do is uh, like we'll always admit if we're wrong or prepared yeah, as right. well like I was yeah. with Wally when he had that good run mm. um, I just kind of said you know I had to um, take my um, take my medicine and say he's actually doing really well but yeah you were quite Came in a sad, he was yeah. in your bad boy books. I think. I think though about football is, is you can have your judgments on a week to week basis, especially when you're doing a podcast like this, and or you talk yeah. to fr- friends that you talk to every week, and you go up and down in your judgments of players during that period. You know, you have to look at them when they leave the football club and make your overall judgment, or at yeah, the end of a season sort of thing, or over think, a long period of time. Yeah, but Sadler's but, been here for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and then he'd come back, hadn't he? And I really liked Sadler when he was here the first time. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, and probably didn't want him to leave when he left us the first time. And then obviously came back, and that, I think that was one of the things that sort of didn't didn't do too well for him because he, I was expecting more from him. So, but I, I gave him a match in this game. I thought he was really good again, and it just I, I like it when you're turned around on a player. Do you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. it's really good for someone to turn you around, and and you know. 
yeah, I, I think that's what football's all about, really. So yeah, I gave I gave Salaman a match, and then another defender. I gave Brown um, second place again. Thought he was solid. Nothing in the game you could really point out that he did badly. Um, one of the things I've noticed about Junior Brown, and we haven't talked about it, I don't think, is his aerial ability is pretty much second to none in our team. Yeah, if you look brilliant. at you look at him in the air, forward or backwards, but especially defending, he win he wins everything. And I don't you think he's the tallest player. He's very agile, but I think he just reads a flight of a ball incredibly well. So yeah, and it's strange like, teams often side to. Um... Often seem to target him as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, on against Rochdale, he, he leaps so well and he's yep. pretty good in the air. So yeah, for a guy who's been converted from a winger to a fullback, um, his defending is, um, is a good strength of his. It'd be interesting to see how much work he's done on that on the training ground. It is interesting, but I think uh, just a word for it really, because it's been standout, I think, in the last two games, just his agility. He won a lot of headers in, in the both games. And um, yep. yeah, and, and you know, I think that's, that's a fair credit to him. So yeah, Brown second place. And then I went for. I went for Morris, who you gave second. I went for Morris third. I thought it was just again for a young lad coming in the team and trying to get a, get a stake of it with Yates being out injured. I thought he did well, and obviously he did well enough to retain his place on the next game, didn't he? So yep, he that was fine. Did. Um, obviously, we normally look at Paul Hurst comments. It was a bit of an interesting post match, wasn't it? Uh, after the Millwall game, he, he sort of doubled down on his referee <laughs> rant from the week before, didn't he? About how um, basically just blamed the whole entire result on the referee and sort of. Didn't into didn't really go into conspiracy theory territory like he did in the last week's interview, but um, yeah, he certainly was sticking to his guns on that, and I, and I completely agree with what you said before about protecting the players and not wanting to throw them under the bus because with such a young team who are not used to being in this this experience and you know especially the lone players, he's got to really back them. And looking back now, it obviously must have been one of the reasons which sort of helped us get to where we were on Saturday. So you can't really blame him for doing that, can you, Ollie? No, no, I think it was actually good man, man, man management from Hurst. Mm. Um, He's, yeah, he played the game there, didn't he? He um, took the pressure off, blamed the ref, um, gave um, the media something to talk about. Uh, yep. So they were focusing on that rather than focusing on the players and their performances. Um, so, yeah, he was a bit of a, I wouldn't say masterclass. Maybe that's going a bit too far. But, mm. um, yeah, he definitely played his cards there really well. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him say something about the problems we had in the game and how he was going to fix them as a fan, personally. You know, I'd listen to that post-match wanting to hear something that would make me feel a little bit more positive. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It was more of a more of a plane of the game. Yeah, potentially. But I'd rather he does it behind closed doors and we stay well, up. yeah, true, true, true <laughs> enough. So, yes, so you obviously drove home from that game, Ollie, absolutely yep. livid. It probably took yep. you a couple of days to calm oh, down. Oh, yeah, that's another reason I forgot now, the context of it. I left work at 3.30. Oh, you were in London. near Heathrow, drove all the way to um, the Midlands. Um, so that was two hours. Had tea for half an hour, um, <laughs> said hello to my fiance, and then drove to the football <laughs> wow. after she cut my tea. So yeah, I think that's part of the reason why. I think that's like, I had a big play on why I was so annoyed. Yeah, I think I was saying I was saying that to some of my friends who were sitting by on Saturday and uh, saying it. You know, we don't have that context sometimes because we all live in shoes when we walk to the game, like my, like most people do, I suppose. A lot of people do yeah. come from far out, but yeah, when you've got that three-hour journey there and three-hour journey back, it obviously does sort of tempt you to be a bit more critical because it's cost you probably 30 quid more in fuel than it has cost me to walk up there. So it gives you a little bit more perspective, Ollie, I think is a fair way of putting it. Cool, yeah. No, <laughs> so yeah, so you obviously calmed down after that game, Ollie, eventually, and I then did. you decided you were going to come back on Saturday. So um, yeah, do you want to just run us through the sort of brief details of the Rochdale game? So um, the Rochdale game, so um, a few changes, um, a couple of changes in the team. Um, well, actually, sorry, um, one <laughs> um, with um, Dodds coming in um, from Philadelphia, um, which is not a surprise. Um, and it was nice to see Lodz, Dodds back in the team. I thought he um, he deserved um, his chance, um, and Ladapo certainly didn't deserve to keep the shirt. No. Um, worth just noting, actually, the attendance was only just was two people over five thousand. Mm. Um, so obviously the um, 
I don't want to call them fair weather fans. That's not fair. But the floating fans, um, yeah, clearly the running results were on um, kept them away. So obviously this this attendance was buoyed by an okay following from Rochdale, but obviously buoyed by the season ticket holders. Um, that kept us just over that 5,000. Yeah, but I think one thing we should say about the town fans is the atmosphere was pretty good on Saturday, Yeah, it? it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was yeah, better it was than very, it has been good. for a while. No, it was a very good atmosphere, and yeah. yeah, probably something we'll come back to when we saw some feedback from some Dale fans. Um, yes. So that was quite interesting. So one and a half minutes, and um, yeah, I was back to where I was on Tuesday night <laughs> because <laughs> Payne dived in on a fullback who was clearing the ball. Yeah. Um, one, I think it was even less than one and a half minutes, but I turned around and looked at the clock, and it was like, yeah, about one and a half minutes <laughs> and he'd been booked and I was like well done you um, yeah you weren't happy were you yeah you bleep so yeah really really poor start um, from pain and I thought oh here we go He's hit again but he uh, he did well. He had a good game. He did, and that's not just because he scored, Ollie, is it? To be no. fair, it's easy to be you know fair weather fickle fan, um, yeah. and you've got to judge each performance as a, as a performance. And if you look at it, he was probably you know I say probably he was our, our most attacking threat for the whole game. And I thought he was much more physical all of a sudden he seemed a yep. bit more strong he certainly chased a lot more balls down and was, was stopping them going out for throw-ins and trying to clip them back in again he won a lot of headers like we just talked about the Millwall game and, and found some people this time but also his hold-up yep. play was much more neat yeah, and tidy he's fitter doesn't he fitter yes. and stronger and, and more agile maybe that's just what he needed Ollie in all fairness and maybe that's what I think Hurst had intimated that a few times hadn't he so yeah that was good and, and we'll come on to his goal in a minute and, and the, the way that he took that was also creditable so yeah, you know, started a positive with with pain. You know, it's, he's going to need a few more performances like that to turn people around. But that's a it's a good you know point on the board for him, having not you know registered any so far. So fair play to him. Yeah, and that's what um um listening to um, BBC Shropshire on the way in, um he was saying that you know the fans have been on his back. Um, was it, I don't even post match or pre match actually. I can't remember. Um, but Hurst certainly said that the fans are on his back. But obviously we're mm. not privy to um, what is seen on the training ground. Um, so you know he's obviously been impressing there and obviously warranted his performance through his attitude and performance at the training ground. Um, so yeah, um, fair play to Hurst. Hurst proved us wrong. Um, that those fans, I must include myself, who were frustrated at his selection in the team, and I would have been happier if um, Humphreys had started but yeah. he was right he made the right choice and um, yeah Payne um, repaid um, repaid Hurst's um, faith in him well I think yeah I kind of think it's it's a bit less than that I think it's it's like Payne's started to repay his faith in him because if you see he's had four starts hasn't he I think or something like that so far and, and we'd I think we'd seen I'd seen all four of them so far I don't think I'd missed any of them yeah, and as I've I said I thought more. he was as a was a was a millstone around our neck in the other four games so yeah that's what I mean it's it's the one good game of four but maybe the four was the build-up to him getting into a good run of form now if he gets into that good run of form and he finishes the season well you can't really criticize too much about it because obviously he'd come in with that much football and he's got to build up to it so that's fine I can totally accept that what we can't accept is you know a return to the way he was playing previously and, I, and the way he played Saturday I can't really see that happening now I think a goal you know a goal's like for a striker Ollie it does a striker a world of confidence and you know I think that'll be the sort of thing that sees him good to the end of the season well that's what I want to see and that's what I'm hoping for yeah no you know you're right um, I think I was just so happy that he scored <laughs> <laughs> yeah you went from agony to ecstasy with him didn't exactly, you so yeah. yeah there you go it's it's the way that football works isn't it so yeah I mean we might as well you know we, we'll go through the rest of the game because it was obviously only the one goal but the, the goal was good wasn't it that he scored yeah. you know it was it was some. Uh, it was a really nice through ball. I can't remember who played the ball in. Oh no, it was. Well, sorry, they made a yeah, mistake, didn't they? And it they was, did. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I was thinking that as well. I was um, 
trying. I wanted to watch. I watched the highlights because um, I wanted to see who was the assist I wanted to give. I thought maybe it was Morris or Deegan because the position mm. of the play. Um, but then I realised it was actually. Um, yeah. I think it was. I think it was actually their man number eight, who was the the um, the, the silver fox in central midfield, and um, played it back um, to the defenders. And Payne um, got the ball, and then yeah, it was just too quick um, for the central defender. Um, yeah, he was. And then he actually shipped onto his left foot and they just passed into the back of the net. Um, it was a, an excellent finish. Yeah, the keeper came running out towards him as well, yeah. which made the He's angle big harder. Yeah. No, he was big, the keeper, wasn't he, to be fair? <laughs> Jeez yeah, Louise. Was. He's in worse shape than I was. I couldn't believe oh, it. He's in worse shape than me. He's that guy from Sutton United, I thought, at one point. The, the guy from Pygate. <laughs> That's what I thought about. That's what I thought. He was like a League One version of, um, of, of Pygate, man. Having said that, there was at one point where he had to come running out of his box. Did you see in the second yeah. half, I think it was? And, and he got to the ball, cleared it, and then it fell to, I think it was Dodds in midfield. And I was looking at Dodds. He had the ball, and he was only like halfway back into his goal by the time Dodds had the <laughs> ball. And he was he was struggling to get back. I was like, shoot, Doddsy, shoot. But um, yeah, it's always interesting to see a big fat keeper. It always gives you something to laugh about, doesn't it? But yeah, um, yeah either way, he was a big lad, and he had to get the ball around in pain, and, and he steered in. And as, as, as Hurst, I think, I think Hurst called it a cool finish, and I would totally agree with that. It was... Um, yeah, exactly what we needed. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, it kind of um, has given us a, a small glimmer um, into yeah his his goal scoring um his goal scoring kind of form and his his pedigree because his record um Sutton United um he scored um seven and sixteen yeah um, Exfleet he scored five in thirteen um at Hornchurch thirty five in forty six and then obviously um at Dover what which kind of got him his move to Barnsley he scored forty three goals in eighty three games um. For Salop, he's had eight start, eight games and one goal. But yeah, yeah you could, could see the composure in him. Can you? I, I was as soon as he scored that goal, I was thinking about yeah his goals at Dover, and it was yeah, it was nice to see that composure from him. It's the first time you could say I've I've fully seen a player in there. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Maybe a bit of Millwall started to see it, and then definitely on Saturday. So yeah, there we go. Good good work from Payne, and, and we're impressed with that. But he wasn't the only good player, was he? And I think we'll, we'll no, probably go through some more more specifics of players, but. Generally, just about the performance then, before we get to sort of, because obviously we'll come to Rochdale having had two goals this hour, yeah. which is also a key point in the game. What did you generally make of the performance, Ollie? Because um, there was a lot more to be happy about, wasn't there? But what were the things that impressed you the most about the actual performance? I'd say um, the commitment and the drive. Um, the, the midfield were, was much, much better. Um, they had a lot more energy and they had a lot more commitment. Yeah. Um, I think the whole team um, looked more galvanised um, and they looked like they were really on it. Um, from the start, uh, would you agree? Or yeah, I totally would. I think I think the other thing that we were just lamenting was the lack of you know that that fight and spirit that we might have not seen at Millwall. And I think that that was definitely one of the messages that Hurst must have got across to the players that they couldn't do that again in a home game because it would have been just one we would have lost, and two it would have been too dispiriting for fans to really stick with them as much as they would have wanted. Yep. So they really needed to put that performance in. And yeah, I, I thought there was the the pressure on the ball was much better. Um, I think the actual quality of play was it, it yeah, improved. The quality, you know, the, the passing. passing was better yeah. passing was hugely improved from from the Millwall game and and you know we were still under pressure you know we can come to Rochdale again in a minute because you know I've got some thoughts on them but they, they they pressed us as much as as they as they needed to really and and yeah we were just we were just much more clinical with our play and yeah also we, we put ourselves in where we needed to be the, the tackles and the challenges and there was no one really shirked it in the whole game I don't think you know there's a couple of players that maybe underperformed but I don't think they underperformed in a way that was to do with the, the spirit and determination it was just you know mistakes that crept into their game you know as they have been doing all season so no I, I think that's it's um it's certainly something that is they're gonna have to do in every game between now and the end of se- season to keep us up you know that is the 
that is the base mark, benchmark level of performance that we need to now see for the next five games. And and anything less is going to get us back into trouble. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I thought maybe it's worth just doing the, the top three a bit earlier. Um, yeah, go on. Give the context of the players. But it's always interesting when we do these top three, um, you know, how well we've played is always um, it's a gauge of the difficulty. Um, it has a direct relationship, doesn't it? You know, when we've got to do the top three and we've played poor, it's hard. Yeah. But I, it, was very, it was hard to choose the top three because there's so many options this week. Hmm. Um, um, so we both went for the same three players. Yeah, interesting. Which was interesting. Um, but I think there's a few players that should have like notable comments as well. So we both went for for Morris first. Yep. Um, he was yeah, excellent, was wasn't he? Um, he was good going forward. He had a, a proper box-to-box midfielder performance. Um, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he was brilliant. And and his his, his He's really quick, quick. He had really quick feet in the game as yeah, well. There was a couple of times where he, where he sort of just sort of like dropped a shoulder or just twisted one way and la- actually left players sort of going into a tackle. And in a way, he went. He, there was a late chance where he set Brown up, um, and Brown got in down the left. But it was all from his little shape, body swerve sort of thing, and, and getting past a man. And I thought that was really impressive. I hadn't really seen anyone do that for quite a while at Shrewsbury. So um, yeah, that was good. His, his passing was excellent. He, he put in the tackles where he needed to be. And again, for me. When you've got Deegan there as the experienced pro, we should be relying on it. Was it was actually Morris, like Yates did that one week when he was looking like the experienced pro, and and Deegan wasn't playing quite as well. Yeah, it was it was utterly impressive to see him. And, and I noticed a lot of people saying, you know, this is a guy we've got trying to prove his worth now, and he's got a good pedigree in the in the England setup as you as you mentioned before, Ollie. Should we be looking at, you know, this is a sort of place we should be looking at offering a contract? I don't know. What, what do you think? I'd hope that we've got a contract with him where we can offer him one-on-one automatically. Mm. I'd hope so. You know, we obviously, the ball should have been in our court when we offered him the contract. And yeah, it's also interesting as well. You know, one thing that we've missed was um, a go-go's energy um, in yes. defence. Um, and there was one um, run um, where he did backwards, where he was tracking back. Um, and that then number 10. Um, so just for context, so we were played 4-4-2. Um, Rochdale played um, a kind of modern 4-3-3, um, 4 five one have you want to describe it two wingers three midfielders with a defensive midfielder and two kind of attacking playmakers and mm. their attacking playmaker i can't remember his name but the number 10 was quite fast um and morris single-handedly stopped a counter-attack by tracking back he was behind him at one point and got back um, and put pressure on number 10 and stopped them um stopped them stopped their attack um, and it was great to see that you know it was great to see him um, you know because deegan for all his effort doesn't have a lot of pace um, but morris definitely brought that <laughs> to the team um, yeah, too right. So no, he's very encouraging. So yeah, fair play to him. And yeah, um, I'd love to see you know an ex- a Morris with another twenty games under his belt and a go go in central midfield. It's not a bad midfield, I wouldn't say. Yeah, it'd be good. Except both of them are out of contract in the summer, and we'll probably balls it, we'll probably balls it up, and then none of them will both be playing for someone else next year. In League on one. Brian there, <laughs> Brian, and and um, well, interest actually. Just going off on a quick tangent because Brian and um, and also um, I think it was Hurst was talking about um, si- the, the kind of the involvement they have in signing players and yeah. I think Hurst gets involved a bit more. So yeah, oh, pressure good. on Brian and Hurst um, to both to kind of sign the players. So we're yeah. off on a bit of a tangent there anyway. But um, yeah, I thought it was worth covering Morris. I thought he deserved deserved the plaudits. It's a sort of pro- performance that you think there's there's so much there to work with as a football yeah. manager, and it's worth having that discussion about you know that we should be looking to retain talents like this because um, you can't you know it's not like a where he had bad games, Morris, so far. He's worked his way into the team slower. You know, he wasn't really getting a chance when Yates was around um, before he got his suspension, and he's got his chance, and he certainly took it from the off, basically, as far as I'm concerned, and that's that's been brilliant for the lad. So, yeah, fair play to him. Um, obviously, the next one is probably worth me talking about, Ollie, because I generally have a downer on Louis Dodds, don't I, even though he's our top goal scorer, and people are like, why, why are you all so down on Louis Dodds? But he, he actually had one of his one-in-five games where he turned up and played really well. And for me, 
considering one of the things I've been most critical about Louis Dodds for, which is his work rate, he worked bloody hard against Rochdale, and I'll I'll say that now. I, if he if he worked like that every game, I'd have no problems with him. But he really worked hard, and, and he really helped us get forward when we needed to. You know, even was getting back a little bit when he needed to, and I, I I couldn't really fault his performance in all honesty. So. I need to see that more often. That's all I want from him. Yeah, then no, it was quite funny. There was a moment um, in the second half, right in near the end of the second half, when someone was shouting at him um, for not pressing. <laughs> and I was like, bloody hell, give the bloke a chance. I was like, give him a chance, give him a break. He worked his balls off. Um, he was he shattered. Really, 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 he was knackered, but he put in a real, real shift for the team. Um, I just, I see two players with him sometimes, though. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't see that. And whether it's tactical or. There's just, just league I don't one know. player, maybe you know, league one player doesn't have that consistency. Yeah, maybe, and maybe it's consistency, but I, I, I think consistency of quality is is maybe a league one. You know, that's what my, I would always agree with. But I think consistency of work rate is maybe something that I would expect to be less of an issue due to the level you play at. You know, you'd expect someone that works hard to always work hard, and sometimes he really does step it up. And, that, and I think you know we've talked about it before. I think just pure, purely as a confidence player, and once it seemed like we were ticking over quite nicely against Rochdale, and obviously a goal, and you know, he just maybe makes him rev, his, rev him up a little bit. And when we're playing crap, he tends to play crap as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just want to see it more. But, uh, you know, I think it was a, a worthy second place, even a, a shout for man of the match, in all honesty. So, um, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, no, he was good. And, um, yeah, hopefully maybe this is our partnership um, up front. So we've been struggling to find a partnership, haven't we? Uh, yeah. The last few weeks, or maybe like the last 10 games or so, and we struggled to have a strike partnership. Um, so hopefully, um, yeah, Payne and Dodds could be a nice um, partnership for the rest of the season. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully they can um, yeah put in another performance like that, a goal and effort. We yeah we certainly can't complain. No, uh, I think that you know that's worth definitely worth talking about the top three, and we've talked about the general performance. But, yes, you know you couldn't really criticise any anyone else really too no. much. I think for for me the only one I was a little bit disappointed in was actually Grimmer, and I know he's got a huge fan club at the football club, and everyone yeah. loves Jack Grimmer, and everyone's glad he's back in the team. But for me, he's not quite back at the level of of quality that he was during his good run, say last season, for example. Um, I think he might might just be a little five ten percent off his pace or his fitness maybe because Nathaniel Mendes Lang who we should say unbelievably has probably lost like two stone looked like the fittest Rochdale player there was and was also probably one of their better players in the game wasn't he Mendes Lang I thought he gave Grimmer a pretty torrid time in the first half particularly and, and he maybe not quite so bad in the second half because they kept switching wings then but yeah I think Grimmer's got a little way to go to get back to where he needs to be to sort of be one of our better players again. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed in Grimmer. But everyone else at the back, I thought Toto and Sadler and, and Brown all played really well again. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just all in. Pretty impressive. Even Rodman had one of his better performances. Does a lot of does a lot of grafting work, Rodman, that people don't really give him too much credit for. Pretty wasteful sometimes as well. Bit, yeah. A bit similar to Wally. But, you know, I think I think he's a slightly harder worker than Wally. I think, I, I, I don't know. But maybe he's, he's not as creative and he, he certainly doesn't seem like he can unlock, unlock defences at his best. So, they're different types of wingers in some respects. Just going back to Grimmer, I think you're being a bit harsh. Um, maybe, maybe. They, he was clearly one of he was clearly their best player, and whenever they got the the ball, um, they were looking for him every time. Um, and his pace was, I think he maybe goes as far as say he's possibly the fastest player we've seen in League One this year. Um, yeah. And he, when Grim, when he did, when they got the ball really quick to Grimmer, um, and being a, a, a a Sunday league um, university fullback. Um, if you're isolated with a fast winger, um, there's not much you can do, and you do look like a fool um, because you know you've got no one backing you up. Um, you're just isolated, and yeah, they just they, they just turn you inside out. So I, th- I think you're being a bit harsh, but yeah, you know, that's why I we're having the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, to have the debate. You're allowed a point of view, and I think yeah, it's a it's a fair debate. I think I'm I'm, t- I'm not saying he had a terrible game. That's not no. what I'm saying. I'm just saying like compared to quite a few others, he was maybe the one that just slightly disappointed me. A few of the things he did were just timing of his tackles and. And the way he sort of tried to, 
you know, like we talk about Brown reading the fight, the ball. There was a couple of times where he got caught under it and and just yeah. wasn't quite quite where he needed to be. And and you know, I've no doubt he's a quality player. And I I like Jack Grimmer like everyone else. You know, I'm not I'm not saying I want to get rid of him. I'd quite like him him and Riley as our right two back our right backs for next season if we could get them both to to stay. So yeah, I'd be more than happy with that as as a selection dilemma for Hurst next season. But yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's probably a bit harsh to go on any further about that because I just think I'm I'm going over old ground with it. But um. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, even even you know up front, obviously you were talking about the combination and, and hoping we stick with that. So I don't know what else was there in the game, Ollie, that you wanted to sort of point out as well that you spotted. Yeah, I think it's probably just worth maybe just covering off um, the um, Dale really. Um, yeah. The two there was obviously two potential um, moments of um, um, I can't think of the word now, but uh, yeah, you know, could be controversy um, mm. with, with obviously two goals being disallowed uh, by uh, by the referee. So I don't know if you want to go through those, Glenn. Yeah, well, we think we won't go over the same old conversations that we have about uh, Jason Lutweiler and <laughs> whether he should or shouldn't be playing because I think we've done it to death this season and and you know I think people who listen to this podcast know what we think and we'd stick we'd stick with him so let's leave that there. But yeah, he did make another rick, didn't he? You know, there was a shot. I think it was from Mendes Lang, but it was a real poor, low and slow shot as well. It was from Mendes Lang, yeah. It was yeah, he cut inside. Yeah, rolled it rolled towards Lutweiler and he just looked like he was going to sort of scoop it up, but for some reason it sort of seemed to hit his forearms and sort of bounce off him and away from him and. Suddenly there was a sort of forward in there who just put it in, but um, yeah, it was offside, and that one looked offside to me. You know, I, again, without seeing a replay right along the line, you can you can hardly tell. But um, yeah, I think we were just think we just got lucky that the guy was actually offside for that one. But it was crap goalkeeping really in that circumstance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was poor, um, and fortunately, but fortunately, he was offside. So um, yes. yeah, that was chalked off pretty quickly. Um, and then there was right at the end of the game. Um, yes. There was a cross, um, and their left back. <laughs> I've never seen this before. I've never seen in my. I've never seen in my um, my footballing um, um, viewing seen a player start off at left back and end up up front. He was mad, and he wasn't yeah. number nine. Yeah, he, but he was quite good at left back, wasn't he? He's obviously yeah. an all round, a good all round player. Um, the the ultimate utility man, left back and mm. striker. So yeah, he um, he was playing left back, went up front, and he had a header. Um, but the linesman um, had flagged straight away. So fair play to those linesmen. Hope we brought them um, a pint at the end of the game because. Mm. Um, yeah, we certainly needed a bit of luck. Um, I'm not saying this was luck. Um, I mean luck in terms of like you know just right decisions or whatever being made. Mm. The first one I thought was definitely offside. The second one, the angle, as you've said already, is it's hard to, to kind of make a view. Yeah. Um, but a lot of their players didn't seem to complain too much. No. Um, so yeah. And we did actually call for an offside this week. That second one, yeah. a lot of our players put their hands up straight away, so they'd obviously learnt their lesson from the the problems of the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, so but it looked closer though the one at the second half didn't yeah, it? And it I, did look you know closer. when it went in I was like that would have been you know that would have been that, go- that goal going in would have been the typical sort of thing that happens to a team that's about to get relegated you know yeah. defended really well and we'll, I'll just talk about the second half in a minute but you know I'd put a shift in and, and then would have let one in the last minute but no luckily he missed it we good header though oh sorry luckily he was offside it was a good finish though and it was another good cross from Mendes Lang as well. Um, but no, it didn't count for anything in the end, and everybody sort of <laughs> breathed a huge sigh of relief and shouted, "Get it in the corner down the other end!" Let's just see out <laughs> the last two minutes, and and they did. To be fair, so um, the, the second half was interesting, though, wasn't it? Because I think we were much more open and attacking in the first half as a general general rule of the game, and and it was in, you know maybe after we'd scored, we did start to sit back a lot more, and in, and in the second half, we definitely sat back more, particularly in the first five ten minutes, and we did try and get out a bit as it went on, but it was definitely a tactic that I think Hurst had said, "You've got a one 0 lead here," you know. We are now going to sit on this, and you are going to protect this lead. You're good enough to do it. You know, there's there's quality there to maybe get in a little on the break, and that was certainly the way that we played that second half. And it was sometimes it was a little bit worried watching because they certainly they certainly had more of the ball in the second half, but we still seemed like we were more dangerous with the breaks that we had, and, and we were better with our better on the ball with the passing. But certainly a more defensive performance for me the second half. 
Yeah, it was. Um, I would agree with that. Um, there wasn't too many clear-cut chances was there for Town. Nope. Um, but at the same time, they didn't really threaten, did they? I can't really think no. of, um, apart from the spell from Lutval, I can't really think of too many chances um, when we were under the cosh. Um, so, yeah, overall, a, a good win, though. Let's say that. It was Damn a good right, win, yeah. and it was really nice to kind of win. And, you know, as, as we're walking down the Super Blues way, it was nice to um, have um, the opportunity to, yeah, just be happy <laughs> and pleased yeah. and have three points. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the fan zone later on in Salah Blues yeah. again because there were some changes there. But, you know, I'd enjoyed the fan zone before. So, you know, we talk about match day experience. You know, that was a, a better day, you know. And, and I'll come to that later on anyway. But, you know, it just it was a nicer day and a result, good result always helps anyway. But, um, yeah, the only other things I sort of wanted to talk about really was it was. Did you see what Keith Hill was wearing, the Rochdale man? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like he was dressed to go on a night out later on. He had a he nice ready. sort of flannel, flannel shirt on. He had his jeans and his nice brown shoes on, and he was ready to get into. Was town he in the clubs of Shrewsbury? I don't know. Maybe anyone can tell us. <laughs> but did he hit the nightlife, or maybe he was going into to Broad Street afterwards, and he didn't want yeah. to um, lose any time? But um, I don't know if he was in C twenty one or not. We'll have to, we'll yeah, have to exactly, ask. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but it was quite strange. And for me, that was maybe a little bit of a symptom of the way that Rochdale played. Because you want to tell us about what some of the Rochdale fans said in a minute, and we'll literally come to that next. But for me, it was a little bit like. You know, they've described it as one of their worst performances, haven't they? And for me, it was a little bit. If your manager turns up wearing that sort of attire, you've got to think that there's already that sort of view towards the end of the season. A little bit of like, there's a bit of casualness creeping Unless in. Unless he's worn that all season, though. Well, who knows? But for, it was just yeah. weird to see it as an away fan, wasn't it? And it wasn't the most professional thing I've ever seen. So, um, but they were they were well below their best Rochdale, weren't they? For me, my view of them was that they they they're obviously a much better team than they showed there, and um. Yeah, were they on the beach or not? It's a bit of a difficult one to call as we've only seen them play twice this season. You know, we, we can't judge how well they've been playing the rest of the season. So just thought it was funny to see Keith Hill dressed like that. It was just it was just amusing. But yeah, what what were you saying about Rochdale fans? You've seen a few things they'd said about the game. What what did you have to say about that? Yeah, so um so um so Dale's and Skit on um, Facebook came across um so comment by a Dale fan, um, which is quite interesting. Oh whoa, I didn't see it had um well it had a lot of likes. He had over two hundred and fifty likes on Facebook group, which is a lot. Yeah, right. Um, so he, um, what this fan said was uh, probably our worst performance of the season. Shrews were better than us from the start to finish. What they lacked in skill, they more made up for in passion. I don't begrudge them their victory. Rather, they stay up than Vale, which is quite funny. I don't know what. Good. Obviously, everyone hates Vale. Um, and it's much closer, better away day than Gillingham. But interestingly, this is great. So note, their fans are absolutely brilliant. That's the best atmosphere I've seen all season by far. It was brilliant. how had their singing corner. Um, um, basically, yeah, kicked and going and reverberated around the stadium. Um, yep. So, yeah, interesting to... I love I love to like sometimes reading comments for opposition fans. It's always interesting to to see um, what, what they have to say. Yeah, I don't I don't think we consider ourselves to be totally biased as town fans. I think we see the good and the bad in everything, which is, I think... You know, I, I think you've got to be as a football fan sometimes. I, 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 I you know, we meet, I meet Shrewsbury fans, I've met Shrewsbury Town fans who won't hear a, a bad word said about the football club or the yeah. way we played or, or don't see the red ads. cards and, or yellow yeah, cards and stuff like I that. I can't get my head around that because you've got to have a sense of realism as a football fan, surely. You can't just think the world's against you when you're not playing very well. But anyway, that's it. That's a whole other issue, I suppose. But it's, it's good to read other opposition fans because it gives you that sense of perspective, doesn't it? But um, yeah. they're, they're right about the, the, the way that we played, you know, the passion and, and the belief was there for once. So that was good. And, and also, they're right about the fans. I think after Hurst coming out the other week and saying need to be more vociferous and maybe get on the referee's back, I think actually they were a little bit on the referee's back at the Millwall and the the, the um 
the Rochdale game and I think that kind of maybe helped and played a part because at the very end it was interesting to see Hurst come over and he made a specific beeline for block 19 and really yeah, gave did. them some sort of power fists and I think that's maybe an appreciative nod from our manager as to the, the way that the fans helped the team through that performance especially as we were sort of doing that gritty second half defensive performance so yeah it was good to see Paul Hurst do that and I think the Rochdale fans have probably got that bang on whoever said that so um yeah it was it was it was interesting interesting game and that's an interesting response yeah, no, f- fully agree with that. And Go on. The other thing I was going to point out, you probably saw, we'll talk about Paul Hurst post-match now, and, and before we get to that, there was, uh, I watched the interview of Keith Hill afterwards as well, because he would came out a bit earlier before um, Hurst, I think, and it was a bit weird, right? Because he said one thing in, and I don't know, I've never heard anyone say this, he said one thing in the interview. First of all, he said that he thought he had players who supported a losing mentality and the game was more important to them. All sorts of crazy, weird things. But the one thing he said was, tiredness is a state of mind and I don't believe in being tired because someone asked him whether he thought his players were tired and that was what caused it which is a bit mad isn't it because obviously tiredness is an actual thing <laughs> you know you are <laughs> you do get tired so you do, yeah. if you don't believe in tiredness i'm not sure what kind of um, thing is but yeah if anyone wants to listen to that interview it's quite a weird strange one we had obviously carl um, robinson have a mad interview didn't we when we played mk dons earlier in the season but that was equally as strange if you listen to it back so is i quite like about managers manage- yeah is there something about managers when they lose to shrewsbury kind of go <laughs> off on one? probably he said he was very angry during it which is fair enough i think they were expecting to come and turn us over by the sounds of it so um nope they didn't and that was that and obviously, before we move on, Paul Hurst's comments was basically echoing what we've said. The effort was there, um, but he still acknowledged there was a major effort to come, even though we'd moved out of the relegation zone and talked a lot about how much we'd run and was looking at the statistics of how far we'd run in the game and it was you know quite high or something like that. And yeah, thought Rochdale were a decent team, so it was a good result to, to have actually beaten them. So nothing really surprising in his post-match this week. He didn't blame referees, obviously, and he didn't, you know, didn't really talk about the offsides too much, did he, Ollie? No, he didn't, no. He, he, <laughs> he said the first one was, was right. He wasn't sure about the second one. Yeah, uh, he did say that. Which is fair enough. Yeah, so, and then, I think, before we sort of wrap up the, the where we ended up then, it's probably just worth worth talking about the table, isn't it? Because, obviously, the results went our way. Um, so, do you want to just run through what happened with, with us moving up in the table, Ollie? I'm not really sure, mate. <laughs> oh, right, I've got, I've got it here. <laughs> yeah, so, you, yeah we, you go for it. I, I we basically said, shot yeah, up to I, 19th. I, it's not fair for me to steal your work, so if I'm honest, <laughs> Right, no. I saw we shot up the league table. Um, yes, but I, I think I don't know. I think I'd had almost had a bit of overload of football this week. Um, so no, I didn't look on Tuesday night because we lost. But I yeah, looked on I mean, Saturday. On Saturday I just kind of <laughs> I didn't even listen to the football on the way home. I listened to some music for a change. I think I just OD'd on football <laughs> recently. You were so angry. Um, uh, yeah, so we went up to nineteenth now, Ali, on forty six, and that put us above Gillingham Vale, um, who are now on the same amount of points as us. Uh, sorry, Vale are on forty five points. Gillingham are on the same amount of points as us, and so are Berry. So they're above us on goal difference. So yeah, that, it's 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 put us out of the relegation zone. Obviously, Vale are now the only game in hand in the whole of sort of the bottom fifteen. They're the only ones that have played forty one. Everyone else has played forty two. So that Vale game in hand is going to be huge. If they lose that, then you know it's it's game on again. Everyone's pretty much level pegging, and it's going to be who's got the best form in the running. Um, so yeah, so it's all all interesting. Obviously, Swindon couldn't get themselves out of trouble either. They could have caught us up a bit, but they didn't. Um, so yeah, all, all good in my view. Looking at the table, it was just just positive to see us shoot up there. The most interesting thing for me is obviously we've got the games coming up at Easter, and the first one, um, the first Easter game is on. Uh, well, it's on Easter Monday. It's on Easter Friday, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. As usual, it's interesting that all the teams around us have all got home games. So we've obviously got Walsall, Swindon are at home to AFC Wimbledon, right. Vale are at home to Sheffield United, which will be interesting because they're obviously up now. So will they care as much? Gillingham are at home to Rotherham. At Rotherham? They can't be at home to Rotherham. They're not in the same league. I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake there. Gillingham are at home to someone. I can't remember who it is now. Probably someone beginning with R, but <laughs> I'll have to check. Um, Bury at home to Dale. But that game's on the Thursday night. 
So we'll already know the results of that one by... Um, Gilling the home to Bristol Rovers, who are going all guns at the moment. That's it. That's good, yeah. it was. It, yeah, I've already preempted Rotherham's relegation. Um, <laughs> and then Oldham are at home to Bolton, but that game's not till the Sunday. So it's a bit interesting that we've got the Thursday and a Sunday game as well. So it's going to make in, interesting viewing over Easter. And obviously, it's just two games back-to-back really quickly, isn't it? But... Um, it could change a hell of a lot by the time we come back to our oh, podcast huge, next week. But it? It's a big weekend. Yeah, it is. And it's just interesting that we're all at home, you know, the first one, and then pretty much all of us are away, the the, the Easter Monday game. So it's it's going to be sort of level pegging in terms of no one's going to have the advantage of a home or away game while the other team doesn't. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, really. So, yeah, it's it's good to be out of the relegation zone. I think we'll sort of wrap up the end of the, the review there, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's um it's going to be a tasty weekend. Um, and are you going to both games? I will be at both games, yeah. I think we, we talked that I'm going to be going to Northampton away. I'm certainly going to be at home. Yeah, I'm actually going to Northampton. Having away. a little break in between, which will be nice. So, um yeah, there we go. So, looking forward to these games. Always good fun. Um So, yeah, so I think we'll leave that there and just move on to a bit of salad news and, and the predictions, Ollie. Speak. Here's Brown again, look for the return ball. David May can't get there, Summerfield, it's there! Hendry on the line, couldn't keep it out, and the Shrewsbury skipper levels it up. Welcome to Salad News. Um, so, um, season ticket renewal, um, interesting um, comments that come out from the supporters' parliament um, that it yep. won't be extended. Uh, so I think it's probably just <laughs> worth repeating the message if you want to get early renewal. Um, Salop are not going to do what they always do, is extend the um, season ticket renewal. Um, yeah. So I think that's, and that's well, it's kind of, it's not, not fair as such, but I think it's just good to be consistent uh, and not to kind of, yeah, make people kind of, you know, because you might think you're gonna, they're going to do it in a few weeks' time and you don't do it and then you miss out. Um, so I yeah. think it's good to be consistent. Yeah, I think I th- think we're just doing a public service announcement really in Salamis yeah, exactly. this week because there has been a real drive from the football club to make as many fans aware as possible that they're not going to do what they always do, which is leave it until past the end of the season a lot of the time. So yeah, I think it's the 15th of April was the cut-off. I went and extended mine on, on Saturday, so I'm done. Mine, mine is reviewed for the new season. I think you'd already done yours, hadn't you? So, I did it on the second, um, the second day or the day or something. Yeah, exactly. And then Brian did a bit of an interview in the week and was talking about how well the sales were going um so apparently we were up on where we were at this point last season but obviously that didn't take into account the fact they extended it so they're obviously gonna i think we'd sold 700 800 something like that which doesn't seem like a lot compared to i think we sold almost 2000 last year didn't we so 2200 something like that so there's yep. a bit of a way to go still but everyone's got a little bit of time left so yeah just wanted to make everyone aware of that if, if you weren't aware but i'm sure they would be because it's been out on every sort of bit of social media that there's been so that was good uh, you weren't at the fan zone on Saturday were you the revised second fan no, zone did you, you didn't get in there in the end did you I'm, you were driving um, up yeah well also I'm just like <laughs> I travel all the time and yeah boring story <laughs> but yeah I'm trying to stop eating and drinking so much <laughs> oh dear the <laughs> so, health yeah. kick yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah. Not, not ideal being no. in somewhere where there's food so eating um, yeah eating burgers eating ice cream and drinking beer um, isn't conducive to losing weight um, so yeah well as you know Ollie the weather was bloody lovely on Saturday to be fair it and was. Um, the revised fan zone was, was really good so obviously they'd, they'd taken a lot of feedback on from the first week there was some toilets there which was a bit of a major concern of people so they had some portaloos which was which was positive um, they also had this shipping container now which they're using as a stage it sort of you know opens up and has Shrewsbury Town banners either side it's all painted blue and the band were on there with all their equipment I thought it was a cracking little setup in terms of, of, of having something that they can close off and, and keep you know and use every now and again so I thought that was, that was really good there was actually a nice cream van Ollie which was <laughs> which is a great addition on a hot day when it was like 23 degrees so 
yeah, and it was also a bigger area as well. So all in, it was really busy. Um, and, and I think that, you know, week on week, if it keeps getting little improvements and little tweaks there, it's going to be a fantastic thing to have in the summer months. So, yeah, fair play to the football club for that. I thought it was just worth mentioning for people that maybe not got in there. But it was so busy, most people probably who listen to this might even have been there. So so that was good. But one of the interesting things about it is it's pretty much... From, I was talking to someone that's for years always gone and drank in the Power League bar and, and used it as their pre-match you know, ritual, and it, 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 the fan zone has essentially emptied that place. There, there was no one in there on Saturday, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. And you know, they're obviously not going to shut the place down because it's used as a bar during the week as well. But it does prove to me that there's, there's, it's made the case for a, a fans bar where people will be putting the money to the football club. So pretty similar to what I said about it the other week, but it was just you know really updating on how much it had improved really, which is which is good to hear, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. It just shows that there is an appetite for it, and yeah, if. Um... If, if the club puts something there, then um, yeah, fans will will turn up and um, and town fans will contribute and um, yeah, buy drinks and food if it's available. Yeah, too right. It was good. It was good. So happy days. I didn't have two ciders this week, Ollie, though, as I did the <laughs> and got hungover. I, had two pints I was going to ask you that. I saw you'd gone to the fan zone. I was wondering whether it's going to be having yeah, an impact on two, your um... two pints, and it was much more much more beneficial for my overall health. I think because <laughs> it didn't well, yeah, make me crazy drank, like the other week. You'd actually had a drink of water <laughs> in the day, so you weren't. Um, yeah, exactly. Again. There we go. And the other, other bit of news, really, before we go into our predictions, was that the, we don't the, need to the do predictions this week, surely. What? We just close when we have to set up news. No need for predictions this week. No, we'll come to that in a minute, Ollie. Um, yeah, the only other thing really to talk about is um, there was a bit of news on the the application for the supermarket and Shrewsbury Town trying to get the the sort of um, the covenant off the community pitch at the front moved to the pitch at the back, and so they've now offered to pay sixty five grand. Um, to sport England really to cover the loss of the sports pitch. So I think to, you know, from what I know of that sort of thing, and it is sort of my industry, that would probably be enough to get that application done now, I would imagine. So when that goes to it next, uh, next time, which is later in the month, I'd imagine it gets accepted. So, yeah, I don't think there's too much to stand in the way of that application coming forward and, and, a, and a supermarket being built. And one of the most interesting things to come out of it, though, was that everyone, I think it was a bit of a misconception that when, when it comes forward, we'll be building a new 3G pitch at the back and there'll be sort of modular buildings and all sorts of stuff like that. But that's not the case. That's almost a second phase and that would need more planning permissions. So what they're planning to do is move, you know, the, the covenant to the back pitch and then just run that from the community team as just a grass pitch going forward. So I think, you know, some people were maybe under a mis- misinterpretation of that. And I see that Shuvatan came out in the sort of interview with Brian and tried to clarify that. But yeah, that was quite interesting because we previously talked about it on the podcast that it was going to be some something a little bit more than we're maybe expecting at this stage. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see when that's done. Not much to say, there, mate. <laughs> no, I just wondered where you think is like, you know, we think we're thinking that we get a supermarket and it's going to might be a bit of a pain for us, but then you get a you know, a nice 3G facility with some places for, for a bar and, and some community facilities. But that's not the case at the moment. But this sort of thing was worth mentioning because I think some that had sort of bypassed a few people. But Ollie, if you're not interested, we'll move on, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that <laughs> comment. I tried to, I saw that you posted your season ticket. You got your season ticket. So I thought I'd walk around and see if I could collect mine. And it was classic, like, I, I, this is this is, this is not me attacking the club. This is just what always happens. <laughs> so I walked around and said, oh, a season ticket's for collection. No, no, no. But you can come back in the week if you want. Yeah, I live in Shrewsbury, so not everyone lives in Shrewsbury. So, um, but yeah, it was, I just want to, I don't really care. I'm happy to normally collect mine on the first game of the season. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw you That's got fair. yours, so you you made me walk around there, Glenn. And um, sorry, mate. It's all right. Well, they just they just printed it off as soon as I bought it. They literally ah, okay. printed off the little card, but it was because I went at ten o'clock in the morning. Ah, so okay, they wouldn't. Enough. I don't think they would do that because the queues at the ticket office yeah, probably. Exactly. So it would be mental. sorry, Ollie. Sorry to sorry to inconvenience <laughs> you. Okay. So yeah, we'll move we'll move on to po- predictions now, Ollie. Because again, for about the third week in about the last six, I got it completely right. I went for us to. 
win one nil versus Rochdale, and that's what happened. You went for us to win. You went for us to win two one though. So I got another couple of points back. Well, ahead of you now, really. So the overall score on Glim versus Ollie is now me thirty, you twenty six, Ollie. So. You're drifting behind, mate. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Try and get it right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, then. So what are you going to go for for Walsall, then? To try you can and, go try first, and mate. It. I've been going first that's all fine. season. I, go, I went first last week, and it worked out perfectly, Ollie, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I'll go for, then. So Walsall at home, which is what we're going to predict now, even though we'll have two games before we do the next podcast. Um, I, I think I'm going to go for another 1-0 win, Ollie, in all seriousness. I think that's going to be the way we do it. We're going to sort of... Someone described it to me in the week as we're going to Gary Peters our way out of trouble by grinding out 1-0 wins. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go for us to win 1-0 against Walsall um, and finally, you know, beat them, which will be a bonus. Um, they're obviously mid-table. They're actually, if you look at them, they're only just above the sort of the crop of teams that could get relegated. They've come right down. So they're not in particularly good form. So I'll go for us to win 1-0. Okay. Um, do, do we ever actually beat Walsall? Well, that's it. Like, I can't remember us beating them. They're definitely a bogey team, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, um, I think um, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Oof, oh, that won't be good. <laughs> no, I, I, I pulled a, I pulled the lead by being negative on town, so um, I'm going to go back yeah. to type. Um, I'm going to go for oh, one-all draw, so that's going to put a big damp squid in our mm. uh, positivity. That, that would not be good. No, no it won't be good. We but go. I, th- I well, genuinely you've think said that's it now, you can't get out of it. No, that's what I think is going to happen. Not necessarily what I want to happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there we go. So, as we said, we'll be at both these next two games, won't we? And we're going to yep. try and... We're not too sure when we'll do the next podcast. It's probably going to be after Easter sometime, isn't it, when we... Yeah, we're going to have a bit of Easter break. Um, and also, it probably gives us a bit of time to maybe prepare for some end of season... Um some things we've got some good ideas lined up haven't we for the, the yeah we have so year. we've got a big round table discussion we're going to have with a few people that invited guests and I think we're also going to do a special episode on the 10 years at the New Meadow um, which we've been talking about previously doing in a podcast but I think we're going to hold off on that and go through the sort of the team that the players had voted for uh, sorry for the fans had voted for as the best team to play at the New Meadow in the first 10 years so we've got a couple of maybe little special episodes we can do during the summer and sprinkle them over a few weeks so that people yeah. have got something to listen to about town and obviously we'll be doing updates when there's major transfers and stuff, won't we? So, yeah, lots to look forward to over the summer, but we're not quite there yet, Ollie. As, no. a, as Paul Hurst put, there's a monumental effort to put in before we get there. So, fingers crossed, Easter goes well and we can maybe have a little relaxed period. But one thing I would say, Ollie, is I think this is going down to the last day of the season, don't you? It is, yeah, I think it is. Um, it's going to be... Um, it, it's going to be... Um stressful <laughs> um, yeah. it's going to be interesting to down to the wire I'd love it if we just win yeah win a few games and pull ahead and um, yeah obviously Vale Swindon Chesterfield actually I think that's almost what I predicted to go down um, and when mm. we did that it would be interesting to go back to that and what we thought that, was going to go down that's another thing we're going to do as a, a special over the summer as well as yeah. a re, sort of a, a, a and maybe a, a sort of awards of the season and also a review of our initial predictions and what everyone else predicted in the prediction competition we talked about at the start of the season so we've got yeah. lots of content to keep us going which will be nice because I'd miss talking to you on Sundays <laughs> <laughs> cool oh there we go good stuff right so, yeah. well, we shall catch everyone next week I guess yep yeah, no definitely you got anything else to say? no 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 it's good so yeah thanks for listening guys and um, yeah um, we'll be back um, in a few weeks time um, to review where town are and fingers crossed we'll be in a positive place good stuff I agree we'll speak to you then guys oh!